0: Welcome to the Investor Coaching Show, a podcast to help you get an insider's view of the financial world and escape common investment traps. We look at the financial news of the day and help you make sense of it so you can relax about money. And here's your host, Paul Winkler. And welcome to the Investor Coaching Show, Paul Winkler, talking about money and investing, along with Mr. Ira Work, hanging out here in the studio with me today. Yes. Yeah, so um, we were talking about just before this break, we got into a, a little conversation and, and I brought up the whole thing with marijuana stocks. It's just the idea. There's always something. Squirrel. There's always, there always something to pull us off track to make us go, hey, I need to be doing this instead of that, you know, and uh, investment advisors get pulled off the track as well I've talked about that many times there was discussion where we're going to make every financial advisor you hear the news about that we're going to make every financial advisor be a fiduciary have to keep their client's best interest first and there are people that wear two hats they'll I'll, they'll be a fiduciary sometimes then they won't be other times they'll they'll actually you know, say, hey, um, I've got to keep your best interest first and we align our interests with yours, but at the same time, they can go and sell you things that are not under that particular uh, banner. So, you know, hence, we just kind of, when we talk about it, we say, well, we're always under that banner. I mean, that's 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 the way we operate. But um, anyway, it is the reason it is so important is because financial advisors, this study that was done in Indiana University USC study, you hear my commercials from time to time talking about that, where financial advisors, they're looking at their portfolios while they're working. And they find, you know, while they're working, they're making these mistakes that are fundamental academic mistakes with their own investments. And you go, well, you know, you can see why. Maybe they want to say, hey, Mrs. Jones, I'm managing my money the same way I'm managing yours. And and it's a marketing reason that they might do it. But then even after they retire, they continue to make the same mistakes. So they're saying, well, wait a minute. This isn't the research from the universities was basically pointing out. This isn't because they're just trying to do this for marketing purposes. They truly didn't know what the right thing is to do. And they make mistakes, fundamental mistakes, on a consistent basis even after they retire and they're not managing other people's money. So this whole thing about marijuana stocks is is something that was of interest because I was cleaning out my vehicle and I was I was looking at some old notes that I had as I was just taking some stuff out in the back seat and, and go oh man I need to, you know a lot of times I'll leave show prep stuff in the back of, of the vehicle and then it builds up <laughs> I have to get rid of it. Uh, but it was I was talking about uh, in one show, I was talking about how they were uh, looking at antidepressants and they brought these antidepressants to Cambodia. And they said, hey, we've got these uh, antidepressants we ought to use because we know that you have a large population of depressed people in Cambodia. And the local doctors say, well, we, we don't need them We've got some antidepressants that we've discovered work really well. <laughs> and they're like, "Oh, was well, it herbal? Is it St John's Ward? Is it, you know, what is it? And, um, yeah, it says, you know, we want to give him an antidepressant. And he said, you know, sat with him and listened to the person and and he said, "Well, here's how we solve depression. we We bought him a cow. <laughs> Boy,
1: cow. And what
0: happened is these people would be in the rice fields. And in the story was, I, I need to tell the whole story because I just remembered the rest of it. The rest of the story was you had people in Cambodia and they would step on a mine or something like that. And they had a lake blown off and they couldn't be rice farmers anymore. They couldn't do what they used to do. Mm-hmm. And what would happen is once they lost their vocation, they became depressed.
1: Right. Okay.
0: So what they did is they said, hey, we have these antidepressants for your people you know, American pharmaceutical companies coming in and we're going to give you things to help with your depression. And the, the doctors there says, We've, we already figured it out. We bought them a cow. You didn't have to have your leg to be able to work with cows. It gave them purpose. As long as they had purpose, they were able to thwart depression. Mm-hmm. And so often what happens is we have hopelessness, is what depression really is. It's anxiety. It's fear of the future. And add hopeless to, hopelessness to that. And that's where you end up with, you know, that there. that's one part of it. You now, there can be chemical things and like that. And, you know, so I'm, I'm being a little bit overly simpl- simplified right here. But in essence, that's what we're talking about. Well, one of the things we're finding here in America that people are trying to do for depression and for anxiety is what? I, weed. Smoke uh-huh. weed. <laughs> you know, people are doing that. And, you know, go, well, you know, they're, they're doing that and they're hoping, hey, maybe I can take care of this problem. Well, there was an article in the Wall Street Journal that talked about how the cannabis that people are using for anxiety is actually likely making it worse, is what they found. You know, a lot of people with anxiety are counting on cannabis's ability to treat their symptoms. Here's the problem. The science shows that it probably doesn't help and it may make things or symptoms worse. And these companies have promoted this stuff, saying this is what you need it for. You need it because it's going to help with anxiety. And if you need another reason not to invest in cannabis stocks, <laughs> I mean, here's another one right here. Because people were thinking this was going to be the big deal. And uh, you know, as I pointed out, the people that made the most money on this stuff were the people selling the implements to grow this stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, but what happened is they had um, they they had all this research that they were doing. They find it's not helping. So if you have anybody you know that's doing it for that reason, going, you know, there's an article in Wall Street here and you might want to read it. <laughs> it might not be a bad idea to, to look at what you're doing and see if it has any efficacy. Um, real estate. Had you seen the news, Ira, on real estate this week? Uh, big talk about in Market Watch that real estate commissions, as we know them, could end. That would be really interesting because what's one of the big, you know, if you look at a friction, a friction in any industry, you know, when we talk about stocks and, and, you know, investing in stocks, it used to be, and there's actually research on this, it used to be that the more friction you had, that you could actually find some undervalued things because of the friction it was hard to get rid of or hard to, hard to buy and hard to sell. There was actually interesting research that goes back years and things that weren't as marketable, it was more difficult to market, that there was a premium because of that lack of marketability, I've talked about it in the show. I won't go back to it because actually, there's a mutual fund based on it. It Starts with a Z, ends with an E B R A. <laughs> yeah, yeah, zebra, <laughs> and it didn't do so well. It was based on this concept, but uh, but uh, you know, and it was one of those things that I kind of lampooned. I said, now that the information is out there, the premium is probably going to go away, and it did. Uh, but anyway, so uh, what happened in the in the investing world, is as time went on, commissions went down and down and down and down further, and it was more, it was easier to actually buy and sell stocks, and you got rid of a lot of that friction, and therefore, what ended up happening, markets became even more efficient, and they, it was, it was harder to find mispricings, and it was harder to find those premiums for that, for that particular reason, and um, in real estate, we look at it and we say, well, you know, there's a big difference in real estate; it's, it's less efficient market. Uh, because, you know, it's, it's you know, location, location, location is part of it. But uh, a big, big issue was the transaction costs of buying and selling. And, you know, you look at it and go, oh, man, 3% on the buy, 3% on this. You know, so you had a 6% commission was the historic norm. And there has been some, uh, there's, there's, they were talking about this, a recent jury verdict on the antitrust case. Has a has thrust the century-old practice in the real estate industry into the, into the limelight with the potential to upend how real estate agents are compensated and, in turn, buyers and sellers' bottom lines. Uh, Missouri jury on Tuesday found that the uh, Nashville Association, National Association of Realtors, and the two real estate brokerages guilty of conspiring to inflate real estate commissions. Uh, and will it change? I don't know. It, it'll be interesting to see how that actually adjusts in the future.
1: Well, we also have another problem here in Nashville. It's probably happening throughout the nation as well, which I learned from one of my dear friends who's a real realtor. Mm-hmm. And that is, there are big corporations coming in
0: mm-hmm. and, buying, and buying
1: the mom and pop yes. realtors, yes. allowing them to operate under the same name, but they're oh, buying the realtors. They're buying, oh, okay. they're buying interesting. the no, firm. I've not heard this. Yeah. They're buying the firm. Uh-huh. Um, so let's just say there's XYZ real estate company mm-hmm, out there. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm.
1: They're buying XYZ real estate companies. So the ABC real estate holding company mm-hmm. co- is coming in and buying the little XYZ mom, mom and pop, and pop. Okay. realtor that might oh. have three, four, or five different agents. Okay. And they're allowing it to operate as XYZ. And people think they're working with this little local representative. Really? But they're owned by a much, much of a, bigger of company. A conglomerate. And— there's a lot of local names that I won't mention that are now owned by these beer corporations. Now, what is the problem
0: that that's causing? I'm, I'm curious. Um, lack of flexibility. Th- there's a
1: lack of flexibility. There's.
0: A- I mean, as far as pricing flexibility, because some agents have been able to
1: actually change you the commission what? amount. You know, they, some people go to two. Some people do
0: to two, and maybe they can't
1: do that. Or um, you know, it's really all over the board. Is that? The people that are still charging 6%, mm-hmm.
0: um,
1: I, I think a lot of it now has gone down to five, where the rat, the listing agent's taken two, the selling agent is taken three. Oh, interesting. Um, okay. But then you have these people that are coming and say 2% flat commission. You know, um, for the whole thing? Very, very, yeah. For the whole transaction. Yeah. And then you have all these billboards that no, <clears throat> you know, we'll just buy your house, we'll give you a cash offer. Mm hmm. Plain straight out cash offer. You don't need to fix it. You don't need to do home inspections. Right, right, you don't need right, to change right, right, anything. Right. You hear commercials for that all the time. Right. Sure. Um, that happens in the lesser desirable neighborhoods, if I can. That, that makes sense. Um, that makes
0: sense. Yeah, that, that would be the case. You know, but— in, Because you global it. Right. Yeah, because well, people and that's are like, what they their, tell. there's just so much work okay. to be done. So,
1: for example, I got a text message. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm looking at buying. I just bought and, and, and sold a house on your block. I'm looking to see if you are interested in selling your house. Mm-hmm. I said, well, yeah, you can. Um, all, I'll sell it to you for $3 million. <laughs>
0: it's not a $3 million house. No, it's not a $3 million house. <laughs> just, just, well, some but, people out there might be going, Ira might live in it. <laughs> No, I, I don't live in a $3 million house, but you know, the reality is this. If, if you want to come and give me stupid money, you can have my house. You can have um, I'll, be, I'll be out of there
1: tomorrow. So, no, but this, it was really very interesting because it came as a text message. You can even have my— uh... Actually, you know what? Actually, no, no, no. Actually, I, I did it for $4 million. I said $4 million. You can have my dog. Um, because I was telling—it just reminded me. I was telling one of my friends that if somebody wanted, they can come and buy my house for $4 million, they, they'd have it. The only thing I'm taking with me is my artwork. Okay. They'd have all the furniture and everything. I'm just taking my artwork. Even your dog. They have my dogs too, yeah. Um, and my friend said me he wasn't he didn't mean that. My my friend said, well, what if they want your artwork? I said, well then it's five million. Now <laughs> I don't have no. a million dollars worth of I don't have a million dollars worth of artwork No, is but I? it's just the trouble of finding new artwork. Right, that's exactly right. So about two months later, oh no, first he he writes me back He says, No, no, you don't understand. I'm an investor. Okay, I don't buy houses at market price. Right, of course. You have to. You've got to have. There's got to be something in there. Yeah. Well, yeah. So, but this is the thing. There's got to be catch. You have to decide if you want to work with me. Right, like, dude, you contacted me for my house.
0: That's 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 good marketing, though. Right, you got to decide if you want.
1: Right. Well, but you contacted me for my house. You have to decide if you really want my house for well, four million. So two months later. I get the same ta- I get a tax same guy. So no, I just wanted to circle back and see if you were willing to uh, change your price on your house. I said, I am. I'll take six million. No. No. <laughs> no here's what I said. Oh, I- no. I- and okay. I have not heard back from him. <laughs> okay. Um and it could be a her, I don't know. Um I'll take three million dollars for the house. Okay. But I want two million in Franklin's in a suitcase. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you did not yes i did
1: oh i haven't heard back that's hilarious so uh, so, but, so but, but the point is there are people there are investors out there there's a house down the street from me they had they bought the house the property they tore down the houses that were on the property mm-hmm. uh they put up yeah because they want the land huge house. Yeah, yeah, a because, a because of, it's, a um, like, i live on a hill forget so about this it. is yes. halfway up the hill yeah. and Location is not that great in my view, which is why this house hasn't sold. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> they listed it initially for four point nine million dollars. It's now down to three point five. What? Yeah. Wow. If They have not been able to sell it. So it's, a, it's it's got this like wide piece of property. It's got no depth to the property. Right. And it's on the side of a hill, so there's like a, a granite or whatever the, the limestone, whatever the rock is here. Um, in their backyard, but they have about like nine feet from uh-huh. the back of the house to this stone wall. don't sleepwalk. Yeah, so, It's the only thing I can think.
0: But, you know, <laughs> from the
1: front of the house, I got some really nice views. It looks like a nice house, but it's, you know, like 7,000 square feet. And um, you know, my wife won't let me buy anything very much. <laughs> you don't need that. <laughs> <laughs> wow.
0: Hey, this is Paul Winkler. Hope you enjoyed today's edition of the Investor Coaching Show. You want to learn more about what we do? Go to our website, paulwinkler.com. You can watch some of the videos there. And if you're not already a client, you can set up a free initial consultation. Until next time, I'm Paul Winkler, reminding you that I believe that more educated investors are more confident investors. And confident investors are more successful investors. Have a great one.